When you need your work truck to work as hard as you do, trust Delphi Technologies to deliver the parts built for the toughest work environments. From construction sites to long distance hauling, go with the aftermarket supplier known for its 100 plus years of OE heritage and expertise. Go to DelphiAftermarket.com today. Hello everyone, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Ross. It's my great pleasure today to have Jason Hurley, who's the incoming CEO of Fountain Tire. Not a lot of folks have had that role before. I think uh, only the third, if I'm not mistaken, in the history of Fountain Tire. Welcome to the podcast, Jason. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, I'm actually going to be the third CEO in the last 30 years, but um, there's been six leaders in the 66-year history. Okay, well, a little off, but okay. Uh, still, uh, you know, uh, it, it you know, there's a lot of continuity uh, uh, in there, and you know, you know, you're not coming from outside. You are a, a long-time Fountain Tire uh, executive. I think it's fair to say. You know, over those years, I mean, well, first of all, how long have you been uh, at Fountain Tire uh, now? It'll be uh, it'll be 28 years this this July, Andrew. So. <laughs> Yeah, there's some time there. There's some time there, sure. Yeah, you know, how has the the market evolved uh, over those uh, 28 years with Fountain Tire, and uh, you know, how has Fountain Tire uh, done with kind of dealing with what must have been some significant changes in you know nearly 30 years, right? <laughs> For sure. Um, you know, when you consider that Fountain Tire didn't even have a computer system in our stores when I joined the company, I'd say there's been a lot of change. Um, but but some things do come top of mind. And, and they're probably a lot of them are well known, but I, you know, I can definitely deal with talk to how Fountain Tire deals with them as well. Uh, one of the top ones that comes to mind is skew proliferation, um, both from the number of tires that exist out there, but also the number of distributors of brands that exist. We can't uh, ignore the impact or the importance of offshore tires in Canada. So, how does Fountain Tire deal with that? Um, we're not immune to the impact, but but we. We focus on the number of manufacturers or suppliers that we deal with, which includes our partnership with Goodyear. We, we don't tend to have a flavor of the day brand. Instead, we go long and deep with those we choose to do business with. And, and then we'll purchase from other wholesalers as required. We, we certainly work closely with our suppliers to ensure the product line is up, up to speed and complete. Uh, another area, which again, shouldn't be a surprise, would be consolidation. Uh, the industry is continuing to grow and, and so are our customers. When you look at the fleets, they're growing in size and the geography in which they operate. The farms and the equipment to operate them are getting larger. So as an independent operator in our, in our industry, um, these trends are making it harder to stand out. So to deal with the growth, growth in the industry and tackle the brand awareness issues, stay abreast or invest in these technological innovations, um, it's becoming harder to stay on top of it all and, and afford it as an independent dealer as compared to a large organization that can share the investment on a behalf of a group of stores. So specific to Fountain Tire, um, we've grown with the industry and with our customers to meet those growing demands. We're a national brand. We have 166 stores from BC to Ontario to serve, you know, the, the growing fleet networks that are out there. And, and we're continuously reinvesting in ourselves and our people. Uh, we, as I mentioned, we share, share the cost of those investments across the organization. And it's, it's a lot more manageable than an independent dealer dealing with them on their own. 
Sure. I mean, that, that speaks to kind of the structure of the way that you have a shared partnership with your dealer network, right? And that's a, I don't know if it's strictly speaking unique, uh, uh, but it's, it's uh, certainly not always the case where, where there is that structure within, uh, w- within organizations, many taking either just as a, you know, a, acting as a hub distributor and everybody's kind of on their own or uh, banner programs are, of course, different and, you know, different flavors right. for different, different business owners. But, but you're quite in partnership with your, your uh, dealer network, aren't you? We are, and 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 for that reason, because the industry is growing, um, we you know we really take it upon ourselves to to invest and focus on on that leadership development to be ready for that growth. We have a manager and training programs. We have a program we call AIM. It's advancement and management, and then another program we call Drive, and it's really about driving this road to ownership, which manifests itself in that local ownership model, which is, allows us to grow, you know, throughout throughout Canada and in the, in the markets we need to grow in. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, you know, you've mentioned a few things. You mentioned some offshore tire, uh, you know, and certainly, uh, you know, Fountain Tire is involved in more than, than just selling tires, right? I mean, uh, there's a whole service yeah. uh, segment there. Um, what, what, what do you see, Jason, about, uh, you know, uh, the biggest challenges facing the, the service segment, uh, the service sector, and, and I guess to some extent the, the tire business in particular, but, but the broader service segment uh, that, that we're all dealing with? Uh, well, the one that comes top of mind, uh, and we see it in the news every day right now, would be inflation and operating costs. Uh, wage requirements keep going up. Vehicle and equipment costs are going up, if you can even find the vehicles and equipment that, that we need. And and uh, front and center for us right now, rents for facilities continue to climb. And again, if you can even find a place to operate, the, the zoning for the repair and automotive industry is becoming more prohibitive in the new markets we want to go into. Um, you know, I was going to talk a little bit about the technology being one of those trends and, you know, if we can revisit that, but sure. the, the direction that the OEMs uh, can take their business, uh, it could be threatening, um, you know, whether the OEMs decide to get into the fleet business and choose to service the vehicles are on their own or, or this right to repair issue where the OEMs claim that the vehicle data is proprietary to them. Uh, I think that would have a significant impact on the aftermarket automotive industry. The recruitment, people, people's always front and center. It's it's the most uh, important ingredient in a successful business, attracting, developing, and retaining the best team. And I think it's going to be even more important over the next few years, the well, next number of years, uh, as it becomes more and more difficult to attract the people. So we need to work together to promote the industry to the next generation, as well as people to outside of our industry. And then the part of recruitment is retention and learning and development um, is going to be a big part of that. As the vehicles, equipment and customers change and our industry involves, we need to evolve with them and, and help help them get there. Uh, one of the other trends we, we see is, is, you know, a trend towards safety, technology and digitization. So just some of these general trends. So it's been a while, but the tire pressure monitoring system innovation was, when it was launched, was one of the more significant uh, advancements in the tire industry for a while. Since then, though, the automotive repair sector uh, continues to become more sophisticated with electronics, telematics, now the introduction of electric vehicles. So the ability to service and repair these vehicles is being challenged by the OEMs claim, so the original manufacturers claim that the data belongs to them and not the consumer who bought the vehicle. So that's definitely something we need to deal with. Um, 
you know, along with digitization, every element um, and the, every element of the, which we work and, the, and how we market, sell and communicate is moving to this digital age. We communicate electronically, information, including price is readily available. And we're becoming increasingly knowledgeable about each and every customer preference and buying habits. And, and the other trend to go back to the safety topic, ESNG or environment, social and governance, it's a growing trend. So safety is an element of ESNG. And thankfully, uh, it's one that the industry is paying attention to because particularly in the tire side of our industry, it still remains a potentially dangerous occupation if safety procedures aren't followed. So some of the things Fountain Tire is doing here, just to stay relevant, we do promote that culture of learning. We're, we're continuing to invest and advance our internal L&D programs to meet those growing technological requirements. We provide the time and the resources to help them uh, learn, which helps us retain those team members and operate at our highest level. We're, we're a proud supporter of the AIA, the Automotive Industry Association of Canada, and their Right to Repair Crusade. Uh, right now, we're currently in the process of choosing and designing our next enterprise business and point of sale system. It's going gonna, it's gonna to have to serve the organization and, and our customers for years to come. We've embraced that culture of safety. We don't just talk about it. We actually live it. And we're trying to use the newest digital technology to communicate with our customers in our advertising, but also use it uh, during the service interaction through text and digital vehicle inspections. And the, and the final trend that I see is our customers are getting more sophisticated and have growing demands and requirements. The, the, the retail and the B2B consumer expectations are, are increasing and they don't really care that we're in the tire and service industry. And, and the COVID pandemic has really accelerated our need to react to how we do business with customers. This whole desire for a contactless service, uh, we really noticed it over the last two years. So, so that is something we have to pay attention to. And then in addition to how we service those customers, they have a growing uh, need or request for the statistical data on the performance of their fleets or the amount and nature of, of their spend with the vendors that they do business with. So at Fountain Tire, a couple of things that we're working on, we've had a few recent initiatives. Uh, based on the response to customers' needs. One would be uh, a, a fountain tire mobile fleet. So in the lower mainland, we launched a mobile tire fleet to augment our bricks and mortar offering, which just basically gives increased convenience options to our customers. We, you might've have, might have seen on, on our TV advertisements, the digital, digital vehicle inspections and reporting tool. So we really wanna bring transparency to our industry. Uh, we have an online booking appointment to help customers book directly an appointment when they want to book it. And the last example that comes to mind, um, we have what we call a farm and OTR program, whereby a group of stores are sharing what would otherwise be a cost prohibitive expenditure. So these service trucks are like two to $300,000 to serve the farm and off road customers in their region as compared to each and every store having one. So. Those are ways we're trying to just deal with the customers and, and some of the sophistication that's happening within that part of the business. Sure. So you mentioned you know, quite a few challenges, some of them that aren't necessarily always, you know, hitting the, the general conversation, uh, you know, about the industry, things about, you know, real estates and rents and, and 
you know, just uh, specifically inflation, how it's having an effect on on uh, kind of everything that everybody's doing and, and businesses are certainly, uh, you know, not left out of that. But um, how has Fountain Tire, you know, positioned itself? I mean, you obviously recognize that these are the challenges in the industry. Some of them are more acute now, but they're not necessarily brand new. Uh, you know, how has Fountain Tire positioned itself uh, for success in, in, in the market moving forward? Mm-hmm. We found ourselves to be most successful when, when we embrace our purpose and, and that's helping people get there safely, sustainably and successfully because it, it really has to encompass all the stakeholder groups that is required for success. So when we say helping people get there, we're talking about four distinct uh, stakeholder groups. We have, we have our shareholders, our customers, our associates and the communities. And when we can help them get to their desired state, Andrew, however they define it, we believe success is going to follow. So if you'll bear with me and let me explain that just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, of course. Sure. So Fountain Tire, as I mentioned before, we embrace a local ownership model with our store partners. It's a true 50-50 partnership model. So that's what we refer to as this shareholder stakeholder in the equation. So among other goals, I guess, profitability remains an important consideration for local owners. And when you back, you know, when it's backed by a national program that provides uh, a lot of the shared service and services and branding requirements that the stores need and help them use technology to make the customer experience aligned with the customer expectations, our local owners are best positioned to help get the customers there. So the, the customer stakeholder group. And at Fountain Tire, we say we are on this road together. And, and we, re- we mean that literally and figuratively. So... If we treat our customers' vehicles or equipment like it was our own and tackle their problems like their own, we help get the customers there. And it's different for each and every customer. So, you know, in the retail world, customer service is front and center. Our B2B customers and fleet customers, um, they appreciate consistency and accuracy. And then when you look at your industrial and farm customers, uh, they want to reduce their downtime and, you know, things like maximizing their hours or miles to removal on their tires. So that helps get the customers there. But how do we make sure that happens? It's through our associates. So the associates stay a holder group. They're the ones that serve our customers and help get them there. So what do we have to do for this associate stakeholder group? Learning and development, fair pay, safe work environment, providing growth and advancement opportunities in the company. Um, And back to the local ownership model, if we can move an associate stakeholder to a shareholder stakeholder through our local ownership model, we're getting there. And then finally, you know, the last uh, stakeholder group, we're very committed to our communities. We work in, invest in, hire and give back to the communities in which we operate. So it's that full bundle where we feel we're best suited for success to tackle those industry changes and, and challenges that come our way. Sure. I mean, I think a lot of, you know, uh, uh, businesses in the uh, in the aftermarket, a lot of individual professionals and executives can certainly identify with a lot of what you're saying, the importance of uh, taking care of people and giving them an opportunity to grow. And and what I always consider to be one of the foundational principles of the aftermarket is make sure you're taking care of your communities. Right. I mean, these are uh, really a very uh, important strength, uh, you know, that local ownership and involvement in community that that uh, that the aftermarket can offer and, and uh, gives, frankly, a lot of people who are working in the aftermarket a tremendous amount of satisfaction, too. Right. It, it, it does. They just they work so well together. And when you make one of them uh, more important than the other, I think it starts to break down. So. We're, a, we're a, a business where wealth distribution goes back into the communities in which we live, not it doesn't uh, 
leave the communities or, or you know, come to one one shareholder group, if you will. Right, right, right. Excellent. Now, you know, as we kind of draw our, our, our conversation to a close, you know, I'm, I'm tempted to to see this change at the top, uh, you know, as the start of a new era for Fountain Tire or something. Maybe I'm being a little too grandiose about it. I don't know. Uh, uh, but what do you think of that statement? Does it does it feel like that, or does it, it feel different than that? Um, yeah, I don't know if it's a new era, uh, Andrew. Um, you know, we've, we've we've got some great momentum right now, so uh, I don't think you're going to necessarily see a lot of tink- tinkering with what we have going on right now. I, I, I liken it to maybe a, a hockey team going into the playoffs. Um, when you have a good team, you're not going to blow it apart. You may do a little tinkering. Uh, I have a tremendous respect for the past and present leadership of the organization, including our store partner group. It's got us to where we are today. And, and I'm also very thankful for the confidence in them to have me carry on the fine legacy they're leaving behind. But with that said, um, and we just talked about the, the industry in the market is, is definitely continuing to evolve. So there will be changes necessary to, to react or adapt to that changing landscape. Uh, but if we continue, as I talked about before, listen to our customers, observe market industry trends, and then incorporate that into our overall strategy work when we set new goals in the months and years to come, uh, I think we'll be okay. Excellent. Well, that, that sounds like a really promising message for the future. Uh, thank you very much, Jason, for joining me on the podcast. Uh, thank you, everyone, for uh, listening. Remember, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and uh, we'll catch you next time on the next episode. Appreciate it, Andrew. Thank you. Listening to the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast, brought to you by the publishers of Indie Garage and Jobber Nation. Connect with us online at indiegarage.ca and jobbernation.ca, a brand of chat integrated media. Pothole damage to a vehicle's chassis is always a concern, no matter the size or time of year. If the worst does happen, you can count on Delphi Technologies steering and suspension parts to get your customers back on the road again. Learn more at DelphiAftermarket.com.